This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning and welcome to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Kanisan. Budget 2024 saw a variety of initiatives and tax implications for SMEs. The government has allocated funds to support businesses such as 8 billion ringgit in loans under Bank Nagara Malaysia, as well as an allocation of 44 billion ringgit in loans and financing guarantees for micro SMEs. On top of that, a separate 900 million ringgit in loans will be provided through Bank Nagara for digitalization and automation for SME initiatives. On the flip side, the government has also accelerated the overall implementation of the mandatory e-invoicing with implementation for all businesses starting in July 2025 instead of January 2027. Not to mention the fact that the sales and service tax, more commonly known as the SST, has been increased to 8% from 6%, although there are some exemptions there. Today on the show, you will learn about the key impacts of Budget 2024 to SMEs with a key focus on e-invoicing for SMEs, the rise in the SST tax rate and the introduction of capital gains tax for unlisted shares. Helping me with this is Zen Chow. He's the tax practice lead at YYC Tax. Zen, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. How are you, Roshan? I'm good, Zen. We've got a lot to get into, but first I'd like to get a sense for what the word is on the ground in terms of the feelings towards Budget 2024. So tell us a little bit about what you're hearing from your clients about their impressions of the latest budget. Yeah, a lot of our clients are actually SMEs and they think that this Budget 2024 has got a lot of adverse impact to them. But, well, well frankly speaking, if you look at you know some updates and some changes from this Budget 2024, Actually, SMEs are not very much affected. Now, the capital gains tax, for example, many SMEs thought that, you know, uh, capital gains tax would affect them. But, no, frankly speaking, this capital gains tax would only affect corporate shareholders who dispose of shares of unlisted companies. And if you make a gain, you pay capital gains tax. But think about it again. Who would actually use a company to buy shares and sell shares of a non-listed company? Well, it's, it's usually those larger corporations, you know, like the multinational corporations that invest into, you know, smaller companies, take over smaller companies. You know, they are the people who would be buying and selling corporate shares. So, well, if you're an individual, you know, most SMEs are owned by individuals. Even if you sell the unlisted company shares and you make a gain, you don't pay capital gains tax because individual tax individuals are not affected by this capital gains tax. Right. And... Um... There are some exemptions, I think, for the CGT as well. We're talking about venture capital firms restructuring and also if you, in some situations for Bursa-approved IPOs as well. But the, the main point, I guess, the clarity that we've gotten is that this only applies to companies because there was a little concern that it, it would apply to individuals, but I think that has been uh, settled already. Anything to add to the CGT, Zen? No, just like what I was saying, yeah, despite if you are a corporate shareholder, yeah, and you dispose of your shares. But, you know, there are exemptions available. You know, if you are um, disposing of your shares um, due to IPO or, you know, you are a venture capital company, you know, VCC, and you're disposing of your shares, you no, know, you will be exempted. You don't even have to pay capital gains tax over here. So, yeah, you're right. So, um, as an individual, don't worry about capital gains tax at all. Yeah, if you are a company, then only you would have to start thinking about it because, uh, and after all, this thing would only, you know, start next year, 2024, 1st of March. And that's the time where you have to start worrying if I'm really making a gain. If you make a gain, I think it's fair to pay, you know, a little bit of tax. Yeah. 
Uh, Zen, the other thing that we saw, as I mentioned earlier, was Prime Minister Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim proposed to increase the sales and service tax from 6%, which is the existing number, to 8% in the budget. However, the implementation will be limited to selected services and industries. Tell us a little bit more about the SST hike and scope. All right. Now, you see, this SST that we commonly know, yeah, well, it's actually comprising two different taxes over here. Yeah, It comprises of sales tax and service tax. But of course, the uh, SST change that we're talking about from budget 2024 here, it's the service tax part. Yeah. Well, we know right now that service tax is at 6%. Yeah. All kind of taxable services will be taxed at 6%. But well, from next year onwards, from 2024, 1st of March onwards, we'll see most of the taxable services be taxed at 8%. Yes, that's a 2% increase in service tax, but well, that's not affecting everything, yeah? Because there are still some taxable services remaining at 6%. Well, for example, food and beverage, yeah, that's still at 6%, yeah? Uh, well, so, well, even though we know some of the uh, services would increase, but we know this is something inevitable because the government needs more revenue. So, well, we just have to um, take note of this increase and, yeah, be prepared to pay more. We've talked a little bit about the some of the implications or the negative side of things, but in, the, in that same vein, in the budget, as I mentioned earlier, we saw uh, a lot of funding being provided for particular things, loans, even grants as well for SMEs, for businesses, micro SMEs as well. Take us through some of the positive key initiatives in the budget that caught your eye for SMEs. Now, one main challenge yeah, that most SMEs face is um, lacking of funds yeah to run the business or even to improve the business yeah now we're talking about digitalization yeah everyone wants to digitalize the operation the, the business and right now what the government is offering is this SME digitalization grant well it's a matching grant yeah matching grant would mean you would have to spend then the government would give you something yeah so SMEs can actually apply this digitalization grant up to 5000 ringgit because the government is allocating 5,000 ringgit for each SME and, you know, up to 20,000, 20,000 SMEs can actually apply for this. So that means, you know, if you were to digitalize your business, say, for example, improve your system, accounting system, your software, etc., you know, you, let's say you spend 10,000 ringgit, well, then you can get, you know, a matching grant of 5,000 ringgit from the government. And um, when we speak about digitalization as well, I think there's 900 million ringgit in loans targeted towards SMEs in this space in terms of encouraging them towards automation and digitalization. Anything else in this space aside the grants that, you know, SMEs should be paying attention to? Now, just now I was talking about digitalization. So one of the things that maybe a lot of companies would do is now towards digitalization, you would have to buy equipment you have to digitalize your business. For example, you probably would be buying office equipments, computer equipments especially, or we call ICT equipments, information and communication technology equipments. Now, the, in this budget 2024, um, businesses will be able to claim capital allowance at a faster pace yeah, for all these ICT equipments. Now, just to make things simple, yeah, currently, if you were to buy any office equipments like computers, ICT equipments, it requires four years yeah, for you to fully claim what you have spent on all these equipments to get all the tax benefits. You need four years. But from 2024 onwards, you only need three years. That means you get an accelerated 
capital allowance, you know, for all these equipment. So that would save the cash flow of a lot of businesses. And that would definitely help all the SMEs out there. On a related digitalization note, Zen, uh, the government is looking to accelerate the overall implementation of the mandatory e-invoicing with implementation for all income brackets starting in July 2025 instead of January 2027. That's something we will get to in just a few minutes. Folks, I've been speaking with Zen Chow. He's the tax practice lead at YYC Tax and you've been listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Kanderson and today I've been exploring Budget 2024 and its implications and benefits for SMEs with Zen Chow, Tax Practice Lead at YYC Tax. Uh, Zen, earlier we talked about the hike of the service tax, the digitalization grants available for SMEs, as well as the capital gains tax and its limited exposure or limited impact on SMEs at this point. Um, E-invoicing was a big talking point out of this budget and looks to be an avenue to accelerate digitalization for a lot of uh, smaller businesses. Overall, we're seeing the implement- implementation slightly delayed, but overall, the the implementation for all income brackets in terms of businesses has been brought forward to July 2025 instead of January 2027. Um, Zen, give us a little bit of a primer in terms of how e-invoicing works and the potential benefits that SMEs could see if they implemented it. All right. Well, I will say this is a rather shocking news you know, from Budget 2024 because the government is bringing forward the implementation of e-invoicing to all businesses for all level of turnover. You know, 18 months earlier, it was supposed to be much later, which is um, on the 1st of January 2027. But now all businesses will have to implement this on the 1st of July 2025. Now, how actually e-invoicing work is basically like this. Now, many people would probably thought that you know, invoicing would mean I just have to issue an invoice and soft copy, but that's not that case. It's entirely wrong. Yeah? What you need to do is you have to first issue invoice, not directly to the customer, but to the government, to the Inland Revenue Board. For the Inland Revenue Board to validate your invoice, make sure the format is correct, make sure everything is there, then the Inland Revenue Board will validate the invoice, return it to you before you can share it with your customer. Well, then if your customer accepts it, this e-invoice will be kept in the IRB system. And what does that mean? It means the Inland Revenue Board will be able to capture all your sales and even your purchases. This is basically what e-invoicing is all about. This sounds like potentially very big news. I think for a lot of businesses, it's not going to be as easy to issue invoices going forward, make amendments as and when you need. So talk to us about the main challenges that SMEs might face when transitioning to e-invoicing Zen and how they can overcome these challenges. Now, of course, um, the government sees this as, you know, bringing benefit to a lot of businesses because they say, hey, right now you can use the system to issue invoice, the e-invoice rather than issuing invoice using your own system. But look, how many SMEs can actually adapt to this uh, new system? Because, you know, you would have to either choose to use the system provided by the Indian Revenue Board or you have to spend more, you know, on softwares to, to cater for this e-invoicing. So the main challenge here is still, again, cost. Yeah, and you have to spend more money to get this done. Even if you are using the system by the government, you need more manpower to take care of all these administrative issues. So these are definitely the main challenges to SMEs. 
You mentioned costs there, uh, Zen, and this is going to be a key concern, I think, for many businesses as they look at the incoming e-invoicing. So how can they approach this transition in a cost-effective manner? All right. Now, um, of course, implementing key e-invoicing requires manpower, requires professionals to come in to tell you the impact and, of course, help you to implement this whole invoicing system into the business operation. Now, of course, the good news here is that you know, the government is giving tax deduction, first of all. Yeah, that's tax deduction for implementing this e-invoicing. Yeah, if you have to pay the consultant to give you advice and implement this, well, you get tax deduction up to 50,000 ringgit per year. That's that's pretty lot, yeah? But of course, um, in the more cost-effective way, if you say, I don't want to pay consultant, I want to learn it on my own. Now, the best way is definitely to learn this through, you know, attending courses, attending to seminars, you know, learning from the experts, understand what would impact your business, how to change your operation to adapt to the e-invoicing system. And that is definitely the most cost-effective way. So a key concern, I think, with all these implementations, and earlier you talked about, you know, the initial impression was that SMEs are going to be adversely impacted by this. So tell us a little bit about the impact that you foresee Budget 2024 and e-invoicing having on the growth and competitiveness of SMEs in the coming years, uh, is there going to be an impact here to take note of? Yeah, so like what I was saying, now, cost is definitely the biggest issue for SMEs. So if you don't actually take care of e-invoicing and if you incur a lot of costs, you know, in the end, you probably may not be making profit anymore. You know, like SMEs making thin margin, you know, if you do not know how to handle this and you start hiring a lot of people, a lot of staff handling all the administrative work, you know, what profit would you still get? So in the end, it, it's still all about, you know, understanding this, training up your staff, get your staff familiarized with the whole invoicing system so that it will not impact your bottom line because bottom line is definitely what's most important for all businesses. With that in mind, Zen, what are some practical steps or advice that you can give SME owners and operators who are looking to make the most out of the opportunities presented by Budget 2024 and invoicing while managing all those those headwinds and cost factors? All right. Now, we know that from this Budget 2024, there are quite a number of changes that impact businesses. Invoicing is definitely one of them. Yeah. But, well, are we getting all the information here already? No, no. Yeah, you see, a lot of people thought that um, after knowing what's, what are the updates from Budget 2024, well, you would be able to handle for the rest of the years. But that's not the case because there are always changes happening from time to time. And even, you know, whatever announced in Budget 2024, you don't get a complete picture yet. You still have to get the nitty-gritty details. So, no, advice that I would give to SMEs out there is you got to keep yourself updated. Don't just say, hey, I've already understood everything from Budget 2024 and that's it. You know, I'll start doing what I need to do. No, you've got to keep yourself updated, keep yourself abreast with all the latest changes, especially all the nitty-gritty details, and then you will be able to comply and you will not be, you know, paying unnecessary penalties for not complying. So I guess the natural next question then, Zen, is how can uh, SME stay updated and informed about these potential changes and updates related to the budget implementation, the e-invoicing, so that, you know, ultimately they can remain competitive, but also more importantly, that they can remain compliant. 
<laughs> yeah, so you see, compliance is the key. It's the key over here. So to be compliant, you need to know the rules. You don't need to know the updated rules as well. So of course, one thing that I was saying is to attend to all the webinars, seminars, keep yourself updated, or maybe subscribe to you know, some platform that gives you constant updates. For example, like you know, our firm, you know, YYC, we have this platform called PaxPod that you know will give you all the latest updates every month all the updates from income tax to withholding tax to SST, all sorts of tax updates so all subscribers of tax Pod actually gets all these updates every month you know we're talking about compliance uh zen it occurs to me that i didn't ask you about the consequences of not being compliant with e-invoicing could you give us a quick look at how SMEs can ensure compliance with the new regulations related to e-invoicing and the consequences of non-compliance. Yeah, sure. Now, with the implementation of e-invoice, well, of course, the uh, the Income Tax Act, you know, has been changed as well to now say that if you do not comply with e-invoicing, the minimum fine will be two hundred ringgit. Maximum is twenty thousand ringgit, and that could be per offense. Yeah, that could be per offense or imprisonment of six months or both. So you could see that the penalty for not complying is going to be pretty heavy. So to save yourself some money, you know, please comply with the <laughs> rules. Um, lastly, then we're talking a bit about how to keep yourself updated and informed. Um, one of those ways, obviously, is to do to participate in events. And there are a lot of events happening, especially in this last quarter of the year. And one of these events is one of your own, actually. It's the YYC Tax Summit 2023 on November 15th, happening at the Wyndham Grand Bangsa KL. Um, tell us a little bit about what interested business owners uh, will gain from this summit and um, how can they register for this? Yeah, you're right. You no, know, we are going to organize this uh, YYC Tax Summit on the 15th of November. And I will say this is an annual tax summit that our company, YYC, is organizing. And well, in that summit, we will be talking about, of course, all the budget highlights, all the budget updates. Yeah. And not just that, we're going to talk about um, grants. We're going to talk about loans, you know, available for SMEs as well. And we are inviting, you know, authorities, we're inviting officers from different authorities to talk about all this. So this summit would definitely benefit a lot of business owners out there. And if you are interested to know more about all the latest tax changes, all the grants available, you know, incentives available, well, this is a must-attend event. If you want to know more about this YYC Tax Summit, you can go to our official website. That's www.taxpod.my. That's T-A-X-P-O-D.my. All right, Zen, on that note, thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you. Folks, I've been speaking with Zen Chow, the tax practice lead at YYC Tax, and you've been listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.